This is Danny B for the community Inspire Radio. It is nearly 10.30 here at Inspire Radio in Rockingham and we are joined this morning. I have I actually have um, Caro from Coffee with Caro joining me for an interview, but we have the Mayor of Kwinana, Carol Adams. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning, listeners, and it's a great pleasure to be here. The first time I've been to Expire Radio and I had a bit of a tour around, so I'm very impressed with the premises. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. This is the first time we've had a radio station in Rockingham in a very long time, but we want to obviously appeal to Rockingham, Quinana, the Peel region, yeah, so we, we're uh, very excited. We broadcast out of Rockingham for the nation, for the <laughs> nation, out of little old Rockingham. Yes. Um, Carol Adams, welcome to our show. We are that excited to have you on Inspire Radio and um, we thank you very, very much because we know you're a very busy lady mm. taking time out of your schedule to come and see us and chat to us. And uh, we've got all sorts of interesting things. Gabby runs a tight ship in the morning, but <laughs> she is full of fun and joy. I am. Um, <laughs> that's because you know why, because I'm from Quinana. That's and right. She's from Quinana, Quinana people, <laughs> Quinana people are made tough. It's like that's why we've got Roger Cook there as well. See, we're, we're made a little bit tougher in Quinana. Much above our weight. That's it. <laughs> um, look, I'd like to kick off um, this morning's conversation just by congratulating you on the growth and development that has been Quinana over the last um, two to three years. We have grown exponentially. It looks like we are growing out of our seams. So incredible um, job being done there by yourself and the entire team and one of the things that I noticed most recently is that you've actually brought this um, to the community level as well and you've introduced things like the Smarty Grants. Do you want to talk a little bit um, about those? I'm loving the fact that we're growing the community at grassroots level. We're talking about e-learning for youngsters, we're talking about women in industry, we are really growing um, in innovative and interesting ways. There's just so much going on in Kunana. Um, I think we're like this little hidden pocket which people don't often know about. They look at the biggest cities like we've, I call our bookend councils of Rockingham on one side and we've got Coburn on the other. Um, but look, we've got we've a great community, but it does have some you know, challenges and there's certainly some pockets of need. Uh, so we have very much a, a community uh, welfare focus, um, but we, um, you know, we've got so many volunteers within the city of Kunana. Uh, we, we would be nothing, you know, without the volunteers, the backbone of our communities. And, and I'm looking at, I'm sure, two volunteers here. <laughs> yes. in the, in the Unless somebody wants itself. to give us a check. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, no, no worries. <laughs> Probably we kicked off about 15 years ago going back to we had a pro. Uh, a project called Looking Forward, mm. and that was about really trying to get people looking at Kunana as a place for economic development. And it was about we did a $330 million uh, uh, revitalization of our city centre, so we broke our community up into four precincts. We had our education precinct where Gilmore College is, we had our civic precinct, which was where the council is, youth precinct, which is where our our zone, zone is, yeah, and now we've, we've we've built on that with our adventure park. We built on it with our um, the edge skate skateboard park, mm. um, and then we go into this the commercial precinct, uh, which is the you know the retail, the marketplace, and then further on we've got um, we've got the huge 
part of area, area which is Acacia, which is now um, a residential area. And I think um, when we kicked it off, we actually had Alana McTiernan. She was the, um, the Minister for Planning at the time and she came down. We had a big launch and um, the real estate agents were just, you know, knocked off their feet uh, because it was such um, an undervalued area. Yeah, you know, it is just ama- amazing when you think that you could have got the price of a property that you could get, uh, and in fact they're talking about property prices and where to go on the radio this morning, another radio station, and, and you know Kunana would be right up there because it presents such amazing value for money, and people that were coming to the community wanted to look at what what facilities uh, a council could provide. So so um, if you were coming to the Kunana, please, if listeners who haven't been and had a drive around Kunana, I would certainly invite you to do do so and have a look at the quality of the facilities that we do provide. We've got the two train stations, which is an absolute boost to the yeah, employment. Yeah, that's helped a lot. Yeah. It has. And you look at, uh, because they're transit-orientated developments, so they've been built purposely uh, around two train stations, so there are high high-density growth areas, and you talk to some of the people who come to the area, why they've come to the area, and it is because they're on a train line. Uh, Many of them are in their hospital industry and hospitality industry, so they're going backwards and forwards. Uh, So, In addition to which, I know that in 2015 you launched the Indian Ocean Gateway Project with a forward vision of 50 years, um, looking to see that... um, Quinana was really going to be able to <laughs> develop the infrastructure, the transport needs and ensure the economic future of Quinana so that we, yes, it's, it's with absolute pride that we say we are a blue-collar area where we can invite those, those families in. We can enjoy that high-density living, that high-density growth, um, still have all of the green spaces and that which community requires, but that we literally become a gateway for all of what industry is producing so that through the new Westport, which has um, successfully come to Kwinana, we're actually going to generate not only economic growth into the future for the next 50 years, but pathways for employment for every demographic living in our region. When, um, just going back a bit, the Indian Ocean Gateway, we really stepped out of our comfort zone as a council. It was a big, big plan. Five years ago to put out a consultative draft to say that, you know, we should should really start thinking about and planning for Perth's second harbour, which had been in the planning since the 1950s. And it's like the road work. You don't stop for the road, you don't wait for the road work to get full. You've got to start planning beforehand. And look, we went out with our draft um, and we thought about, I suppose, the new Perth Perth uh, ro- freight link mm. uh, coming uninterrupted down Tonkin Highway using Ancatel or Rowley Road into an, um, a land back port. Uh, when we went out... Uh, we launched it in August 2015. Uh, we were not overly popular with some pockets and stakeholders, but um, the CEO at the day and I did over 300 um, either one-on-one town hall meetings, consultations, yeah. just to try and get people thinking about, talking about the future of the area. I mean, it is the powerhouse as far as the economic um, um development goes with the industries that are in Kunana. Mm. One thing we did have is a lot of land. Much much of it's in government ownership. Much of it was underutilised. Um, but it had gone very stagnant. Uh, so the, uh, the then... Um, 
um, well, the Labor government was going into an election. They grabbed hold of it and they put an election promise that they would start the planning for uh, the Outer Harbour. I like to call it the Kwinana Port. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much with the West Port. <laughs> no, well, see, the West Port was the vehicle. That it was, was the government the, vehicle. Yeah. Even though Kwinana in our now documents had called it actually we wanted to be calling it Westport yeah. but uh, Westport was the actual the instrumentality the governance that was set that up to happen, the yeah. task force and yeah. the chairperson etc yeah so um, we 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 led with it uh, and the government which is now the government um, took this on board and they uh, stayed true to their election commitment that mm. they would commence um, the planning for the uh, for the Outer Harbour, and that was how Westport was formed. Yeah. It's been a very long process, um, as it should be, to be a very ro- robust, robust process. Yeah. Um, and uh, we were very pleased in August when the Premier did announce as Quinana being out of the, I think, the 25 options that Quinana would be the place. Yeah. Well, how did you find the public opinion on that? Because I know there was a bit of um, outcry from public opinion on it. And how, how are you going to combat, obviously, that in the future? Because I know that people are still very, oh, we don't need this, we don't want this, blah, blah, blah. So... Public um, opinion came probably from two sources, and that, of course, was the um, the union um, yep. in Fremantle, and, and you would expect that. Yeah. And 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 uh, I come from a union background, so I could appreciate where th- where they were coming from. But we were saying, look, this isn't going to happen tomorrow. This is going to happen in the future. Mm. Let's start planning for it. And what opportunities uh, can you bring from having such a large infrastructure project? Um, in our backyard as well, but it wasn't about. It wasn't actually just about Quinana. It was about the region, mm-hmm. uh, and in part of our um, our communication strategies and our consultation, our CEO and I, we went down as far as we went to Bunbury, right up to Jinjin, every local government that we can talk to about what's in this for you too. And as part of the process that it's now been announced, it is about reserving corridors. It is about um, fixing up those pinch points in freight and rail corridors Mm -hmm. to make smooth transition into the future. And it's about the way freight will move around the city. Which again ensures high employment employment rates Mm -hmm. for us and some really strong pathways. Let's move on to... Um, this new push, um, both with yourself and um, local other local government areas, about transitioning females into employment. Um, I know that Quinana has a couple of um, good pathways in terms of um, directly into the Quinana Industries Council pathways for women, but we're also doing stuff at a local level with um, some e-commerce studies happening, career uh, career corner conversations happening and um, support with resumes and support across also the high schools in Quinana, transitioning both men and women, but uh, with an emphasis on getting girls to appreciate the type of industry, the type of opportunities that are right on our back door. I think when I grew up, everybody thought you had to go to university uh, and yeah. <laughs> no, I I just I just completely agree with, <laughs> with yeah, you. It's just, yeah, and, and and without realizing just the breadth of uh, job opportunities you have from blue collar type work, and of course, then you take a step backwards and say, well, look, I'm a I'm a, I'm a, a female. That uh, blue collar work more seems to be a man, uh, you know, a male yeah. um, uh, area. Area. That's mm. right. 
asking for words there. Um, but when you look at uh, the push now across the world um, and industrial areas uh, about the need to to be diverse uh, and what women can bring to a workplace. Mm. Um, and you see companies like I know Austell, when I spoke to them last year, they were only putting on female apprenticeships. Yeah, uh, actually just reserving. To, yeah. They were reserving just those. to get that balance happening. That's right. And I, um, the city of Kwinana actually were invited to go to a local a fabricator called um, All Type yesterday mm. on, in yeah. Naval Base. And honestly, you've got no idea what goes on in your backyard. Sometimes when you go into the industrial area, you see these nice facades and ga- gates, and then you walk in, you think, well, you're blown away by the amount of uh, industry that you have and the, the amazing things that they do. But they're another company that try and you know attract uh, female apprentices. And, and I think this is the way of the future. It has to be the way of the future. Uh, and the city of Kunana was no different, uh, even as far as you going to your gender diversity with your, your councillors. Yeah. Um, I remember being the only councillor for seven years, the only female councillor for seven, seven years. Seven years on your own out there. And so it's in the glass um, ceiling. I mean, <laughs> I've, I mean, I've been on the council since 1997, haven't done the maths. Uh, there's quite some time, but there was a time when I was the only council, female councillor. Yeah. So when the opportunity prevailed... Um, um, you know, when local governments come up every two years, you start looking at who's in your community, who can value add to council, and you you start talking to um, women and say, look, why don't you consider stepping up, being part of the community that you live in as, as a, in a civic role and uh, be in the decision-making for what what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And speaking of which, it is National Women's Health Week and we have here at Inspire Radio, we've been really shining a spotlight on women's health and um, all things related to women. And one of the things that uh, I was very pleased to see is that we're in the process of constructing a brand new women's refuge um, in Quinana. Do you want to speak a little bit um, to our listeners about that and how that is um, unfolding at the moment? Certainly. One of the, um, I know, it was the Labor Party pre-election commitment again was to they recognise the need and I must say from the outset I'm being a, I am apolitical because yeah, I yeah. Um, but it was the Labor Party that did get in and they did give a pre-election commitment uh, that they would build two women's refuge, uh, one north, one south. And um, anyway, Kwinana was chosen as the area uh, and that didn't necessarily mean that it would be Kwinana women and families coming. Yeah, it's in for the region. Yeah. It's for the region. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, what has made this really different is... Uh, the models that were set set up in the past for women's refuges is that if you had children who were teenagers, um, generally they didn't go um, to the refuges because they were t- seemed to be to be too old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but these have been set up as almost like purpose-built family units, mm. so you can Fantastic. bring the family, so you can you have keep your children the family with you. together. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, so we're really excited um, that it's in in Kwinana. It really. Um, answers a, a need that is not just in Kwinana but is in, in the region in and I would say in, in Perth itself. Yeah. yeah. And another recent um, initiative which uh, I know has been ongoing but just that it's been in the news is your very strong collaboration with the City of Rockingham to address homelessness issues. Is this still an issue in Kwinana and um, 
Do you think that it's something that is escalating or is in the summertime we concerned that the numbers increase of those people who are suffering from hardship and are having some accommodation issues at the, you know, at, at the moment? And with on the backside of um, COVID, obviously some people have uh, been made redundant, have been let go. And so we're looking at economic hardship as well as um, those people who are vulnerable and at risk of homelessness, living in their cars and things like that. Homelessness is an interesting area because unless you sometimes see it, like for example, I went into Perth on the weekend and you see homeless people quite obvious in the streets yes, and in the malls. on the pavements. Yeah. Um, in Quinana, we don't seem to see that as often, but we know that there are some people that come into the, um, to the Darius Wells and we make available some shower facilities uh, and from time to time you get the same people sometimes moving around, mm. but it's not as obvious, I would say, as what the problems they are having in Rockingham. Mm. Though we did go through uh, with um, the Wells Park area, people were camping there. Mm. We're working with uh, City of Rockingham in trying to find support services, um, you know, asking, you know, why are you homeless? What what can we do with this? Where can we take you to? Um, there is some pushback. Uh, some some people are quite comfortable um, with what they are doing. I suppose I feel it's familiar to them. Um, and there are others who are looking for the assistance. And I noticed I was I just said hello to Owen Farmer mm. earlier on. Of course, the face of a homeless advocacy and does a fantastic job in the Rockingham and Kunana area. Um, but yes, we do work uh, with where we can with the City of Rockingham um, and to try and provide whatever services we can uh, for those in need. I noticed um, that Frank Konechny Centre have started the Orange Bus, I believe it's called. It's actually where they actually take the homeless and they will shower them oh. and help them out. Um, and you've got obviously the Kwinana's Men's Shed, they also take on a lot of the homelessness. Um, so there are a lot of organisations within Kwinana who are helping a lot of these people as well. And so that's what we mean. It's good that the, the, the City of Kwinana is working with them to ensure that these these options are available. And I think COVID, you're, you're right, COVID has brought a lot of um, difficulties and challenges, but I will also just touch upon youth homelessness. You don't see as many youth because they... They're couch surfing. They're, yes, yeah. they're couch surfing, but we know about them. They're at and risk, our, yeah. you know, our youth engagement officers are certainly well aware of them and, and um, you know... That's why we put so much. We do put a lot of our budget into the community resources area. Speaking of budget, um, congratulations on the fact that you actually tweaked your budget enough to ensure that uh, you didn't do a... There was a zero rate increase, which um, I thought was very generous during uh, Look, COVID. We, we, we stepped up all local governments in Western Australia. If they had the capacity were asked not to increase their budget. Um, we their have rates, a yeah. Sorry, their rates. We have a long-term financial plan. Ours had that we were going to be increasing our rates by 2.5% this year and I believe 2.5% next year. COVID, with COVID, everything went out the window. So, uh, But what it was very difficult is we said we'd have a zero rate take. Right. Um, and then we advocated for the... Every three years, the valuer general... Uh, they do evaluation of your properties and this was the year that it would kick in and we asked that, um, you know, if that all local governments, could that, yeah, could that, could that, that be stalled, stalled as yeah, well? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't. Um, and so it, 
it's a very complex area, budgets, rates, mm. um, and so people some half of the population got a in Quinana got a rate reduction, others got a rate increase, and there were certain pockets where the value of general has said the last three years your property has increased. And they find that very difficult because the property prices have gone down 15%. Yeah, and so it's caused awful lot of um, discussion. Um, confusion. Oh, it's been absolutely confusing. Yeah. But that aside, uh, we stayed true to what we said. We would There would be nil rate take increase to mm. what you got on your on your rates from the year, previous year. We, we uh, stopped our fees and our charges. Um, the interest component uh, for late payment was reduced as well. So we did everything that we basically could, but bearing in mind we also have to provide a service to the community. Uh, we were very innovative as well. Um, I think it may it, it challenged us and it made us, like many businesses and organisations, look, look inside the organisation to see what we could do to assist the community. Um, and we've still been able to, in the actual budget, provide some wins. Um, and we've got some projects coming up that we are now advocating for, um, you know, going into the election mm. cycle as well. Is there anything that you can share with us? Anything you'd like to announce? There's nothing we'd like to announce, <laughs> but there's always a list of uh, projects that we would, would like to uh, focus on to get yeah. some funding. One of them, you might be aware, there's a 20-kilometre Quinana Loop Trail that goes around Quinana. It is an amazing piece of um, trail and it goes through the bush area. You can see at this time of the year it's quite stunning because we've got some quite unique flora and uh, it's bit unsealed so it's not very um, user friendly for people in wheelchair access for example so what we're looking to do is doing a better surface on it um, and incorporate a mountain bike trail as well. Oh that sounds fabulous. There, a lot of people are really into mountain bike well, riding. That'll bring the whole family out. And competition. Okay. So, we've, um, <laughs> so we're look, having a re-look at our Quinana Loop Trail. We've already um, had our interpret had our Aboriginal signage uh, done throughout it, so there's some you know navigation points, um, and so that's one of the projects that we're looking at. And where it does it, will, it, it actually tr- um, loops through many of our historic areas, like the radar, the okay. radar station on Gentle Road that some people may not even be aware of, yeah. Wells Road, Near the cottage, yes, the yeah. Sloan's, yes, Sloan's. Cottage. Yeah. So it'll pick up some of some those historical points, which which goes it. it currently goes past them already but with funding it will enable us to tidy the areas up and make the loop trail a lot more user friendly. So that's one of the projects that we would really uh, like um, to work with the government with. And the other one is a junior bike road safety track proposal. Um, And this is really quite interesting. It's like a mini road system aimed aimed Mm. for the probably two to ten-year-olds. Oh, my kids will love it. And it has pedestrian crossings and traffic lights. Oh, my uh, gosh. And so we were looking at um, 
putting this down. Well, listeners, Carol is just sharing the map with us at the moment. <laughs> and uh, I know it's radio, but let me describe to you that this is a fabulous looking little track. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. My girls are going to love it. Yeah, <laughs> all mini size. All oh, mini no, size, gosh. which is fabulous. You'll have all your learner license uh, kids walking through that as well. And, <laughs> and, it's, and it'll be nestled in hopefully next to the skate park if we get the funding for it. So when we talk about a youth precinct, mm-hmm. you've got the adventure park, our award-winning adventure park, mm. and then we would have... Um, Everything that the zone has to offer. The junior bike road safety track, then you've got the edge skateboard park, the zone. Yeah. Um, the pools right the there. The pools, and there, there is something else that we're working on, but I will not probably announce oh. No, but I think... Oh. I t- <laughs> it <laughs> sounds like there's some secret squirrel stuff coming. Oh. So I think the Equinana Adventure Park was where... Um, Quinana, I know as a mother myself, it really invokes a lot of pride. Um, I know a lot of people who just, you don't need to go far. It's just down the road. I live in Callista, so it literally is just oh. a walk. My kids go to the primary school. So I think Quinana Adventure Park in itself is probably the best thing that ever really, one of the best <laughs> things that happened to us. Yeah. But it was. a lot of these initiatives, Carol, have come off of the back of um, City Council and yourself being in consultation with your community. And I know you have an initiative called Love My Quinana Campaign. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that campaign. I'd love to talk about that. Actually, I had some... Uh, where is it? Um, all councils are required to do a community strategic plan and then it has to be reviewed. And the community strategic plan, it actually dovetails into your financial plan. So okay. you work out, you know, what does your community want? And then um, you deliver And it. then we try <laughs> and work out how we are going to pay for it. So the city is doing um, a review of the plan and we're asking for the community input on that. Is that the Quinana chat? The Quinana. Love my, love yeah. my Quinana. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's on our Facebook and our website. It's all website. about your visioning, isn't That's it? That's right. And mm. we're what's happening in the future? The questions of, you know, we're asking people to come online and to tell us what they like about Quinana, um, where you'd like to see us heading in the future. And that could be in 20, 30 years' time. And what you would like to see that could make Kunana an even better place. So we're doing quite a lot of community consultation with it. We do want to hear what people say. And when we go back through many of our we many surveys that we have done over the years and you look at what people have asked for, we've actually delivered on many of the projects and ideas that people want to see for their community. Uh, so we're really excited about this. It's um, We're probably taking more ownership of it this year than we ever have before. And I'm pleased to say probably looking back over the fif- last 15 years, we have ticked off on many of the large projects. Uh, and now so we we're looking at our next generation of projects. So we want to hear from you. I, I see a few comments on the Facebook pages about or already a bit of interaction. Some of them it could be as much as please tidy up my street. Or, <laughs> yeah. it, could, or it could well, be we'll we get... want a Harvey Norman. <laughs> yeah, I've, I was probably going to say um, probably the one thing that I'm – and one of my questions to you is going to be is about the future events of, that are going to take place in Quinana. A lot of people – I love the Quinana Orchestra Symphony, excuse me, <laughs> that comes and they do appreciate that. But 
a lot of people are saying we'd like the Quinana Festival back too. And one of the best things I think Quinana City Quinana did as well is the Children's Festival. Um, my kids love it. We go every year. That's been one of the best things to come for Quinana. It's it's just awesome. And the fact that the rides are all free um, is just absolutely amazing. The only thing we, we suggest for that is next year is just spread it out a little bit more. But other than that, it was absolutely just amazing. So, yeah. Well, I uh, unfortunately, the big event, the Symphony, will not be going ahead this year. We had mm. to make that call very early um, because of COVID. We didn't know back, you know, a few months ago if what people was were going to be able yeah, to go out together. Yeah. Uh, and it is a huge event. It costs a lot of money. Yeah. We're looking for sponsors. So, look, we made the tough decision that we wouldn't be doing it this year. But we do and will have money in the budget for the Children's Festival. Yes. That is a huge event. And yeah. like last year they did it as a uh, fairy tale and storytelling. Yeah. And it was just, you just go down to Callista Oval and you just looked across. I was amazed at the amount of people that were there. It was just wonderful. So, again, you were try- we are trying to cater for all age groups within the city of Kunana. Mm. Um, some people say, look, we're... You know, we seem to be looking more towards the younger demographic. But when you look at our statistics, that is our demographic. We are a very young community. Mm. We have affordable housing. We have lots of development. And people are coming with young families for the affordability and being close to two train stations, city 40 minutes away, um, lovely coast 10 to 15 mm. minutes away. So in the addition young to that, you also seem to attract a tremendous amount of diversity in the way of newly arrived migrant families. Oh. And so you're creating this wonderful cultural melting pot. I noted that uh, you were out and about last week or the week before um, with some beautiful ladies who were multicultural, the, yes, at the multicultural events. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Kunara is a migrant resettlement area. We, so we have a lot of people from non-English speaking backgrounds um, before COVID, a lot of 457 visa uh, people who are set, set, settling in and working within the, the area um, and they now make up quite a significant amount of our community mm. which puts which puts a different kind of pressure because if you're non-English speaking background and you may not wish to um, move out of your home as in going into the community if you're not speaking English, how do we then create that um, environment and what programs can we put in place? What assistance and wraparound and support services can we can we have mm. to make you feel like this is home? Uh, Quinana, just touching upon COVID, we have um, a citizenship pre-COVID uh, once once a month, yes, and we would have up to probably sixty to eighty new people taking their pledge of commitment every month. Yeah. Every month, and of course there was a backlog of COVID, uh, and we were one of the very few councils that were that actually stepped up and did online citizenship. Did you really? Ceremony. That's fantastic. It was <laughs> it was amazing because you thought that oh look you know being online it wouldn't be the same, but I can tell you the experience was actually so more special. personal. And we did them every fifteen minutes back to back. We caught up with about five hundred backlog over a couple of weeks, and I would like to thank our our staff for certainly assisting me with that. But you got the time to actually s- sit chat to the people who were becoming new it's citizens. A real family. Some yeah. of them were taking their pledge of commitments in mine sites, 
in taxis. You know, they were working. It was the only time that they could fit it in. And we said, look, we've got this 15-minute Oh, 15 you've just get, maybe get goosebumps yeah, everywhere. And I've got How some wonderful. great photos of a family, you know, online. Um, so, look, that one Hand thing... up taking the pledge, becoming Australian yeah, citizens. And How one wonderful. thing COVID did was enable us to um, look at the way we do things and think outside the square. Yeah. I know you pivoted in a number of different areas. You also took a lot of your face-to-face workshops that the city would normally um, offer and you took those and put those immediately online so that uh, we were able to deliver um, career advice and support to anybody in the community who wanted that to happen through the Career Corner Conversations program. Um, Something you couldn't do was the Grow It Local or uh, or the composting thing, which a lot of uh, your community thoroughly enjoy. But I think we're back onto it now. I believe so. We're onto it now and I think... one of the compost uh, workshops was actually we had recently in Bertram. Uh, that was um, fully fully booked fully out. Booked. But one of the things the Click and Collect Library Service still continues, um, and and the way we've gone onto the electronics for all ages now. Again, we needed to um, create an environment where people were looking during, especially during isolation, uh, and we became the trusted source of where to go to, um, and we were only communicating messages which were coming from the health department. So there was a lot of um, misinformation around at the time, so I think that the, the City of Kwinana were, uh, and other local governments, I mean, it's basically, we were all in this together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we um, are talking about Kwinana today. <laughs> You're saying about the great local, uh, just on that, uh, the City of Stirling has just um, started their depot for their recyclable containers. Will Kwinana be offering something like that for the 10, I think it's the 10 cent refund um, cash for... Those who do a drop, like a drop-off point. Of course, Bridging the Gap. Bridging has, the yeah, Gap. I've seen that, that and, and I yeah. believe some of our local organisations are as well. I seem to recall, and, and, and don't don't quote me on this, listeners, but I thought Peter Carnley, um, Anglican Community School, may have been starting something In a something smaller up. way, but yeah, not quite with a cash refund, which um, has been brought to Kwinana yeah, through yeah. Bridging People, the Gap's initiative. There was initiative. a couple in Queensland, apparently they actually did it and they actually funded their wedding. <laughs> So they yeah. did it and they actually funded their wedding oh. and it was like absolutely amazing. So um, I know there has been some concern from people and this is another question I was going to ask you um, just from what I've seen on one of our local chat, chat pages is the future waste, waste management plans in place to decrease rates in illegal dumping. Um, there's been questions raised from locals about including a green bean for green waste as well. But um, obviously I, the thing that probably breaks my heart the most and something I'm seeing a lot on the chat pages is people dumping things outside of our our good Sammy's bins in our shopping centres and car parts. Is there going to be anything done to obviously decrease this? Because it's 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 obviously not very nice. Yeah, look, we um we were approached by one of the companies that put out the refuge of the, the bins um a few years ago and to trial in Kunana. Uh, but we were under quick, quite strict um, conditions that if there started to be illegal dumping, then they would be taken away. And unfortunately, there was illegal dumping and it just looked shocking, so they were actually removed. Look, it's a, it's a real difficult one, the whole area of waste. We're going through our waste strategy at the moment. As you know, Kunana was the first council to host um, the first waste energy facility that was it is currently being built and there is a second one being built in East Rockingham. 
Um, it's, it doesn't solve all the problems, but it's another way of looking at it. It's part of the waste hierarchy. Uh, the current uh, Minister for Environment is very keen on all councils uh, within a few years going to a three-bin system. Mm. Um, I imagine that we will follow suit or be required to follow suit. The difficulty for the city and other councils who have signed up to waste energy that we signed up an environment when there was no requirement for three bin. It mm. was under a different uh, government. Uh, so now we've all basically felt that we we have gone to contract. We've got some good rates for the community and now being requiring on certain tonnage that you provide to the waste to energy facilities. Uh, we're, we're, I think, were quite innovative in that it was a sliding scale just in case something happened mm. and you couldn't provide as much. Um, but we do believe that we will, you know, at the moment we are better off with our, and again we have had surveyed the community with this, we provide, uh, what is it, something like four green waste collections and two white hoods a year. Yeah. So a lot of people forget, you, you forget people, some people don't have trailers, mm. so it's all right mm. saying take it to the, take tip. It to the yeah. tip. Yeah. And they say, well, what about tip passes? Always asking about tip passes. I know, I wasn't going to ask because I thought you were. No, 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 and I'm quite happy to say it. We don't have a tip. But look, we could go to the city of Rockingham and we could purchase four tip passes or two tip passes for our community, but we do not get any discount. So all we would be doing is paying, you know, basically passing more money from the community. When the majority of the community have fed back to us, they much prefer their four green waste and their two white goods Mm. each year. Now we're looking at the way, especially the white goods are being um, dealt with. Do that in a renewable way and turn that waste into renewable energy then you then you're cooking with gas but i think they say in the classics <laughs> but i think the issue is the, the white goods it's the pickers yeah, the pickers yeah. Come a mess. Through, yeah they make a mess they don't respect people's property yeah. people sometimes put too much out or the, uh, because the city is cut up into zones you might be driving through one zone and see someone's put their white goods out and you think oh it's white good collection Let's put ours out where it might but actually be in the six wrong neighbourhood. Yeah. 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 And thing, that's yeah. a problem. So we're looking at different w- what other councils are doing. Some of them are doing like a community skip bin, but you have to be able to have cooperation between your neighbours. For example, you might say, look, I'm going to get this skip bin this week. Um and you'll find what have you got? What have you got? Yeah, to, to but you it. find people might be coming from other areas to put it in. So we're working and talking to um, people like the city of Swan, who have had it running, and I think Bayswater too, and working out what's best for our community. See, that's what I agree with you said about the pickers. I I understand why people do it because you know what's one man's treasure is another. You know, one man's waste is another man's treasure, but. You need to be respectful of people's properties, especially when people are putting things in their, you know, their papers and things like that. And then people are going through, and it's ending up all over the road. Then it's ending up in our bushlands, and it just doesn't look very nice. Um, what I was going to ask you is quickly: is how is the city of Quinana working with our state government to prefer to preserve the city's green spaces and native bushlands, um, especially the wildlife? I'm feeling really sorry for a lot of our wildlife at the moment: the bandicoots, the possums. Um, even the snakes. I <laughs> know not everyone's not a fan of snakes, but how can we preserve it so there is some natural corridors in there for the animals to continue to to live with us as yeah. us them? I mean, the government policy is that there's ten percent public open space in a in any development, there's the mm. um, residential development. Quinana has eighteen percent, and we've fought 
for that amount mm. of open space. The difficulty is with some of the developers that are that have come in. Uh, there has been some clearing that was done without approval, mm. and uh, but after it's done, it's done. Um, and of course, the Bankshire, the threatened ecological communities, the Bankshire woodlands, uh, the home for the cockatoos. Uh, we are at, we call ourselves the city of trees, but we have land, and that land is not always in public. Um, ownership it's in private ownership and people want to sell their land I know so yeah. you have these uh, these tensions so we've bought in um, tree preservation areas we've bought in um, tree retention Willard, yeah. yeah so we, we're doing what we can Lead to try reserve. and preserve mm. where we can yeah uh, and of course, so to do lots of planting, the amount of bush plant, you know, tree planting that we do is quite significant as well. At the same time, taking into cognizance that uh, it's a high fire risk in the summer times yeah. as well. I mean, you look at the whole of Wellard Village. I mean, I live in Wellard, mm. and I remember the day I came over the ridge, and the first lot of clearing was oh, done. I don't it know. was yeah. just, it was it, you just felt yeah. like being punched in the stomach. Mm. It just felt like. But yeah. on, a, on a more but, but sorry, note, I was yeah. just going to say because that was a transit orientated development, the the company and it's Pete, um, they tried really hard to keep significant pockets of trees. But as it's turned out, um, in many ways, what they've done a fantastic job. Uh, when the construction came along, some of the tree roots were cut, so they tried so hard to keep trees but the tree roots later were cut and we lost the trees mm. uh, so there's um, and some people didn't like the fact that they designed their house uh, and their tree they should have designed it for where the tree was but mm. they didn't so the tree was suddenly not where they wanted it to be and suddenly it disappeared we've now bought in tree preservations mm. Mm, I think that's um that's really important. Even even get encouraging people to take care of their verges yeah. with natural vegetation and native vegetation, not things that are introduced species of plants, because we need to be aware of the natural and the animals and 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 in the insects in the area. Everything deserves even our bee population. Mm. There are in Wellard a lot of families who actually have hives. We have. And, well, my family has and, and their neighbours and there's yeah. loads of them that have got mm. hives. We need our native flora. Mm. We do need it. So um, that's why I'm glad to see that you guys oh. are all on that same par, that we, we, we're all hurt when we see the trees go down. Oh. So we still want to remain mm. as the city of trees. Oh, we, cer we certainly do. We can but we only do so much. Further, you know, we, yeah, we can only do so much. Um, we are doing what, what we can we all enjoy it, um, and, and I think that's what makes Kwinana so unique. We talked about the Adventure Playground. Mm. What made the Adventure Playground unique to others was that in the other areas where Adventure Playgrounds have been, they came to areas where there was no trees, so they had to start from the scratch. We had the most beautiful canopy of trees, and we still have the most beautiful canopy of trees. Mm. Remember the day we opened it? Though there was 14,000 little plants as part of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Um, the Quinana Police Station, it's getting an upgrade. Yes. How do you feel this will impact on crime rates and police assistance in Quinana? Oh, look, the Quinana Police Station has been there for quite some time and believe it or not, our crime stats are low. Oh, are they? Yeah, we, we have regular meetings with... Um, we're not talking about serious crimes. Yep. We have regular meetings with the local district superintendent. Um, we... 
years ago there used to be a big detective presence at the Quinano Police Station, and then they, I think they've now they moved to Rockingham. But now I think uh, the station will be. I think it could take up to seventy-two officers there. It just needs to be brought up to up to scratch and in line with the growing growing population. Doesn't necessarily mean the crime rates have gone up, but the population has gone up, mm-hmm. uh, and the policing areas have changed um, a lot as well. So no, we're very pleased. For you with guys that. are running a um, a program to help senior citizens out with crime. I believe yeah, it's a the, safety a safety program. We do. There's yep. uh, information available to them. We also have uh, subsidies so yep. that they could get uh, little improvements to their home or home. So um, that everything's available on the city of Quinana webpage. Yep. Yeah. So we're very. That's been very popular, and we do have the police uh, community safety officer um, comes and provides regular updates mm. when required to groups of We've seniors. We've actually been invited there by Jenny Hart. She runs the Quinana Crime and News page. And yeah, oh, Jenny Hartley? She, Jenny Hartley, I think it is. Yeah, she actually invited us and said, oh, can you, would you like to come mm. down and, and have a chat? So I'd like to get down there. I think it's every Tuesday. Or every or two Tuesdays a month, so I thought that might be worth having a bit of a look yeah, as well. Absolutely. Yeah, so so with the uh, community safety fund, um, the packs are available, including information on property marking, uh, UV marking pens, registration your bike, getting to know your neighbours, and that kind Fantastic. of thing. Fantastic. Something else that uh, has happened recently: three schools were chosen, and Gilmore College was one of them to have a series of solar panels oh, put yeah. onto the roof and yeah. they've been gifted some lithium batteries. Fantastic. So we're talking about renewable energy coming right into our schools. Uh, uh, yes. Well, I'll have to give Gilgore, Gilmore College a plug because I sit on the board. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I and thought it would be good we could mention however, them. They're doing say, such an amazing job. In <laughs> saying that, I didn't know about it until I read it in the paper as well. So there's been quite a few emails going around between the board members. And, uh, and look, it's really good. Um, and not, but not just Gilmore College. If you look at uh, the city of Cornana itself, going back on to, to us um, with solar, we are trying to put a program where most of our um, buildings have solar. Have yeah. a look at the um, the Darius Wells Library and Resource Centre. It's going to be Centre. making that renewable energy yeah, as we've, well. and we've had it there for a while. Fantastic, yeah. yeah, yeah. But really no, it was good. great that the local high school, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, 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 so that was really good as well. Um, aside from that, we are talking about the National eSmart Week coming up. And so um, I noticed that we've got a lot of... Um, really good online learning opportunities across the city, which is great as well. And that all coming through the beautiful Darius Wells Library. Yeah, yeah no, that's And you've great. mentioned they're back up and running. Everything is open. People are now um, back welcome into the centre. And it's really nice when you go into – because I, um, I visit many of the facilities there. I sit on the, the – um, chair the Citizens Advice Bureau up on the top floor and also a chairperson of the Quinana Early Year Service. I'm quite used to going into the centre, but it's been really great to go in and see it being used again. Being busy, oh, yes. So it, just it feels a bit heartless when um, those oh. sort of hubs are not being utilised as much yeah. as they should be. And if anybody would like to go to have a look at our library, we've got a beautiful library and some of the programs that are ran out of that library are just fabulous. Mm. They're really community-minded and 
it's just really good feel good community carol did you want to share with listeners a little bit about the community fund and what's uh, what's involved in that So the Community Fund Program supports a wide variety of grassroots community programs uh, and activities. We offer grants up to $5,000 to eligible applicants. Uh, It used to be a tripartisan um, arrangement uh, between the City of Kwinana, uh, Bendigo Bank and it was Kwinana Community Chess. uh, uh, But we're going forward now with the City of Kwinana and Kwinana Community Chess. So in the past three years, the funds have supported 67 projects across 50 different groups and individuals with over 176,000 distributed into the community. And what sort of things would a community organisation need to to do or prove um, to make the selection criteria or to put together a really good application? Yeah, look, Smarty Grants. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's our way of uh, making it a lot easier. It has been very challenging um, paperwork-wise. So we've we've listened to those who have tried who have put in applications and worked with the City of Kwinana and we've tried to make it a lot more streamlined. I think we have one or two or three, I should know, two or three um, shout-outs a year. Okay. It could be, I know many of the primary schools, it could be to just uh, bibs for netball or it could be a sporting equipment, it could be for camps. There's a whole range of uh, things that you can put in for as long as it is from a Kunana-based organisation um, and uh, they're not, you know, they're a community group or an individual. So uh, just take cognizance of that, listeners in Quinana, a fantastic opportunity for you to make application if you or your organisation, if you're a not-for-profit or not, doesn't matter, if you're a small group, a sporting group or a community association or even a small cultural group, make sure that you take the opportunity to step up and uh, make application for funding through the community fund in Quinana. And all of the details for all of that is available on the City of Quinana website. So make sure that you go onto the City of Quinana on our website and you'll be able to access that uh, community fund. Carol, was there anything else you wanted to share with us? I, I don't know. Gabby, you've had some fabulous questions. I it would do. be great if you want to ask I hope I've answered them significantly. <laughs> <laughs> you've done a great <laughs> job considering we've, got, we've um, taken you I have got up and down. <laughs> two more questions left and they're, they're very, these are a little bit more lighthearted. What programs are being offered by the city to help community members affected by mental health problems? I've recently seen the GROW program that you held at Quinana Library um, to help people go there and it's like a support group. Um, look, I can't think of them off the top of my head, actually, <laughs> because we just have so many programs that go on. Um, I recently ran into, um, I went to uh, the launch of Mineral Resources are in a relationship or partnership, should I say, with uh, Lifeline. And I was talking to some of the Lifeline people and they've got some great mental health uh, free programs, which I'm going to be talking to them about bringing them into the city of Kwinana. Also notice all your waste trucks are now um, branded with the Lifeline number, which I thought was brilliant. What Um, a great nod to mental health and wellbeing in Kwinana. Um, One of the things I was going to say, sorry, all the local governments through our local government um, professional association underwent a big survey during COVID uh, and and that provides really important information because you can go... um, council-wide or you can do your own, drill down into your own council. But one of the commonalities was about mental health with the 18 to 25-year-olds. Mm. Yep. So we know that that is already an issue pre-COVID 
and it's certainly going to be an issue post-COVID and that's one of the areas that we always focus on. Okay, I'm going to end it off with something that I'm sure you're going to love. Now, I want you to tell me what are some of your favourite places in Kwinana to visit? Oh, wow, well, we're about... It's a red where? button question, yeah, Gabby. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. I just want to know, where does Kate... So do you, where do you like to go for your coffees? Where do you like to go for a walk? Well, what are I, some of your favourite well, places? Um, Carol goes home and Go rests. for a meal. No, no, actually... <laughs> um, we don't, to be honest, we don't eat out a lot. Mm. And I think that's because um, I like cooking. Mm. And so we don't actually go out a lot. We are that, expecting we are, with anticipation yes, food from you yes. the next time you come in. <laughs> yeah, bring some snacky snacks in. I like the, I'd like the Adventure Park. Yep. I've got a grandson. Um, I like um, the nature. We're very much in, into the bush. Mm. Every morning, um, five mornings a week, the alarm goes off at half past five and my husband and I go for an hour walk. Have you done the Henley Henley Boulevard Trail? I think it's a Henley Trail, just in Henley Wellard. Boulevard. That's yeah, beautiful. That's beautiful. a good, and it has the little yeah. bridge, yes. and you've got all the possum boxes. Yes, I yes. love that. That's definitely. And then the weirdest part about that trail is, is you come around the outside as you go past on Gilmore Ave, and then it heads you to a playground. And there's just a little playground hidden in there and then you go over and there's a bridge and then you go back around and my husband and kids went there a couple of weeks ago and we just loved it, just as a simple little walk. See, I've got to be careful what... Where I say I go because some people say, well, why are you favouring that coffee shop <laughs> yeah, and, not, I know. and not my, my coffee shop? But one thing about Quinana, which is unique as well, is that within 500 metres of your front door, you should come a- across a playground or a breakout area or a little mm. park in some way. Uh, we've a fantastic t- legacy to And we've just got a new service station on Callista Ave. And well, it's got it's the, the cheapest. <laughs> it is. It's the old one, but it's got the cheapest petrols, like Don't in Quinana. I know. It's, diesel. it's like prepaid. It's but it's prepaid, so obviously it's it it's unmanned. So, but it, it obviously stops people from obviously filling up and running. <laughs> but um, really great to have that because, like I said, I'm in Clista, so that's like we went down there though for a, an ice cream the other week, and the girls said, "Oh, we want to get an ice cream," so we said, "Oh, we'll go to the, the new survey." We got there and we're like, "Oh, there's no one here," but there was still heats of cars lined up, topping up there. Oh yes. <laughs> it's Secrets out now, Gabby. Oh, uh, no, I've told everybody now. No, well, it's got spread around on all the local chat pages. They're like, oh, have you seen Have you seen this new servo? It's good no, competition it's, for the other stations. I know. No, it's great. So, no, we, we really appreciate you coming in today and, and, and we hope you've enjoyed yourself. I have. I have. And sorry, I wasn't even prepared for any of the questions. So, so you did good. extremely you really did well. well. We hope we didn't challenge you too much. But no, you're great. somebody who's so in touch with your community, Carol. You. you know exactly what's going on. We know there would be no red button questions. And you You'd be able to wing I it. Could probably <laughs> ask, I could probably answer them anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, no, My no. pleasure. No, it's really, really nice to chat all things Quinana. And, uh, you know, if there's the opportunity again, always happy to we come. Well, you know what? You if you ever want to get brilliant. us down to your next live event, we'd be more than welcome to come. We're yes, happy to broadcast. Great. Maybe from our children's festival. We'd absolutely love to. So if you want us there, we'd be more than happy to. You just have to walk around the corner, Gabby. Nice and close. I know. I know. It would be so good, though. It would be lovely. We love the kids here. So we're doing actually doing quite a lot of interviews with children. And we've had some really special ones in the the last few weeks. So that would be... Sorry, can I just give a quick shout out? Yeah, sure. A lot of organisations, a lot of individuals really stepped up during COVID 
And I know that Frank Konechny Centre are doing a thank an angel. Yes. And we are, and well, they are asking people to nominate someone that they know who stepped up and really made a difference, even a small difference to their neighbour, whether it was walking the dog, doing their shopping for them, fighting for those toilet rolls that people couldn't get. <laughs> um, those little stories we don't hear about. And I know the city of Kunana, uh, our local member Roger Cook, we are. We are sponsors of the event and it's it's in the fortnight's time, Frank Connectney Centre, some great prizes. So if anybody out there, and I'm talking to the Kunana community here, knows someone who really did something uh, really great during COVID that made a difference in some way to some person or a neighbour, please think of nominating them for Thank an Angel. And I look forward to seeing them um, in a few weeks' time when we announce and uh, who the angels are uh, in our community. They, they've also got a raffle going at the moment i think you can get a raffle ticket for 15 dollars, and the first prize is actually 1500 dollars. Really? and they're limited they're limited <laughs> to 300 tickets oh, wow. so we um we interviewed them a few weeks ago and we spoke a little bit about that but i love the frank connect me center they run in and grab some tickets i know i know <laughs> so it's remember, so cool. listeners if you know of any angels in quinana please make sure that you get them nominated so that in a fortnight's time when they have the special event carol is able to celebrate them and and uh, hand over some incredible prizes. Carol Adams, thank you so much for being a guest yes, with us thank on Inspire you. Radio. I know My pleasure. Gabby and I were excited to have yeah, you. Yeah, we were. We and were like, uh, come on, we need the city of Quinana down. Gabby, <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for having me. No, um, thank Coffee you for with joining Carol me. on your show. Really do appreciate it. And if you'd like to join me or Gabby, on, uh, you can come along on Coffee with Carol every month and have a notes from the mayor's desk. It would be oh. absolutely wonderful mm. to have you along. So anytime. I'm happy to do that. That would be happy brilliant. 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 Thank you so much, Carol Adams. Thank you. All right, guys. We're going to be back soon, but first, here's a little Phil Collins. For the community, Inspire Radio.